Hi, everybody. Jimmy DeYoung. I'm here in Jerusalem right now, and I'm so excited that you decided to join us as we take a look at the book. From the hotel room where I am staying during my trip to Israel, I have been able to look out and see the Temple Mount, the location where Jesus Christ will build his temple for the kingdom that is yet to come. By the way, that kingdom is not now in operation. It will be a physical kingdom that will be established by Jesus Christ when he comes back to the location where I am right now, here on the Mount of Olives in the city of Jerusalem. And there he will land on this earth with the purpose of building his temple on the Temple Mount and establishing the thousand-year millennial kingdom. You know, there is much confusion about the kingdom, and so I'm so very pleased that you decided to join us as we take a look at the book. I have a brand new series. It's a five-hour audio series entitled, Thy Kingdom Come. And we talk about all the issues dealing with the coming kingdom. We're not in the kingdom right now. Jesus is not on his throne. He is seated at the right hand of the Father in the heavenlies. And that's what the book of Hebrews in three different locations tells us. We need to study about the proclamation of the kingdom. It is a study that gives us the information of how... God himself proclaimed there will indeed be a kingdom and Jesus Christ the King. Let's take a listen to this study, and when it's over, I'll tell you how you can get your own copy of this five-hour audio series on CD entitled, Thy Kingdom Come. It is a must-study for you in the day in which we're living. Right now, though, let's listen to the study entitled, Proclamation of the Kingdom. Uh, great to see you. Thank you so very much for coming. Uh, what, uh, you know, isn't it neat to hear some of those great old hymns of the faith? You listen to the words. I was just, as the girls were singing, it was just great to hear the words to some of those old hymns. And it's good to uh, reflect again upon those great hymns of the faith that have been around so, so long and so good for us. You know, the, the Word of God has been taught over the centuries through music. The Reformers, Martin Luther, the Wesley brothers, others who were not able to stay in one place and, and be able to teach doctrine. They would write songs and they would teach the people how to sing the songs. And they would have to travel to another location and through the music uh, they were able to continue to teach the doctrinal truths that they had found in the Word of God. Uh, that has been the case today. In fact, in some of the music that we're using in the churches, it's teaching wrong doctrine. Wrong doctrine. I was listening to a song yesterday being played, and the song was talking about majesty and us having kingdom authority. That's a wrong doctrine. Today we do not have kingdom authority. Today we are not living in the kingdom. And it's said that in the song, indeed we do have that authority. There are other songs, in fact, the ones singing the song made the statement, the announcement after they sang the song, the kingdom is here. And so much of what we are hearing today on radio and television, so-called Christian radio and television, 
We're hearing them talking about the kingdom that is in place. You know, sometimes even in our churches, uh, we're using terminology. The pastors or the leaders of the churches or even the congregants in the churches are using statements like, well, we're in kingdom business and we're going to advance the kingdom by doing this ministry. And indeed, we're building the kingdom right now. Those are all phrases that are very dangerous, very dangerous because it's making a statement similar to what Adolf Hitler made over 60 years ago. He was going to set up a kingdom, but he had to get rid of the kingdom people in order to do that. And so he killed six million people who were guilty of one thing, being Jewish. And uh, he ultimately came to an end. We praise the Lord for that. But six million people perished because of, indeed, what his philosophy was and what was a wrong doctrine that had been established, even propagated by some of the reformers who had an anti-Semitic bent, uh, would teach against the Jewish promises God had given them. Well, anyway, uh, there's a phrase in the disciples' prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer. It's not truly the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is John chapter 17. The disciples' prayer is found in the book of Matthew. Go with me to that passage of Scripture, if you will. It's in chapter 6. It's in what is re referred to as the uh, Sermon on the Mount, the sermon that was given by Jesus Christ at the Mount of Beatitudes. And in chapter 6, we can see where he gives out this example as to how to pray, starting in verse 8. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth, and he's talking about those Pharisees, your father knoweth what things we have need of before ye ask. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now notice this next phrase, thy kingdom come. Now that was the prayer that God would have Jesus Christ teach to the disciples. It was the prayer, a request for the kingdom as it was in heaven, so shall it be on the earth. The kingdom should come. And he was teaching them, but you've got to remember the context in which this prayer was being taught to the disciples. It was a time in history when Jesus Christ had come to the earth over in chapter 4, and we'll look at it in a moment, in chapter 4 of Matthew, he had told them that the kingdom was going to be set up. He was the king. His cousin, John the Baptist, had said, behold, the kingdom of God is at hand. The message of John the Baptist, repent and enter the kingdom. The kingdom message was being offered. The gospel of the kingdom was being preached. Jesus was sending his disciples out across the countryside to teach of the kingdom. This passage of scripture, Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, uh, the Sermon on the Mount there on the Mount of Beatitudes in the Galilee, just north of the Sea of Galilee, was preached as a commentary on how to live in the kingdom. I understand all scripture is given by inspiration of God, but there is a hermeneutical principle that you must be aware of. Scripture has a technical interpretation and or a spiritual application. 
What I mean by that, some of the scripture is technically interpreted for certain people at certain times in history. Let me give you an example of that. The book of Leviticus, for example, has 27 chapters in it. The first seven chapters of the book of Leviticus would be a system of sacrifices. And then chapters 7, 8, and 9 and 10 and 11 are a standard for priests. Chapters 12 to 27, a system of worship in a tabernacle or a temple. Technically interpreted, Leviticus is not for us today. We are not worshiping in a temple or in a tabernacle. We are not involved in the sacrificial system. We do not have priests that have certain requirements they must abide by. And so technically interpreted, the book of Leviticus is not for us today. Spiritual application, though, can be made evident by studying the book of Leviticus because the word holiness, or speaking of the holiness of God, is used some 83 times in the book of Leviticus. You want to understand the holiness of God, the spiritual application from studying Leviticus is the holiness of God. That's what it's all talking about. That's what the sacrificial system is. That is what the standard for the priest was set up for. So they would be involved in passing along and living through the holiness of God. That's what the worship in the tabernacle and the temple was all about, the holiness of God. And so spiritual application from Leviticus is we can learn of the holiness of God. Now you take that hermeneutical principle, you apply it to the Sermon on the Mount here in the book of Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, and you become aware of the fact that those truths found in this book are a great spiritual application for our lives on a daily basis. But technically interpreted, it's how those Jews that Jesus Christ was communicating to at that point in time would live in the kingdom. And that's what it's being presented here to the Jewish people. And that's the reason that Jesus taught the disciples how to pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. It was here at the time they were looking for the kingdom to be set up, or at least some of them were. Uh, But indeed, ultimately, we see they would reject that kingdom that Jesus Christ had brought to these people. Today we are seeing a rehearsal of what was happening uh, throughout history when people are endeavoring to try to set up the kingdom. We look at the Islamic world, for example. You look at Hamadinejad, who is the president of Iran. The man believes we are living in the apocalyptic age. The man believes that he is the forerunner of the Islamic Messiah, the Imam Mahdi. Mahdi meaning Messiah in Arabic. The man believes, and there is now a film that is being seen throughout the Middle East, produced in Iran, also reduced to a 20-episode national television program called Jesus, the Spirit of Allah. And it presents Jesus Christ as a Muslim who will come with the Imam Mahdi, the one who will raise from the dead. Because the imam they're talking about was a young man, 12 years of age, who fell in a hole someplace in Iran. And in this time in history, in a catastrophic period of time, this imam Mahdi will come forth with Jesus Christ, who will come along. Having said that, we must understand the Islamic faith believes Jesus Christ never died. He never resurrected from the dead. But he is coming back with this imam Mahdi for the purpose of establishing a kingdom. 
Not the kingdom that we understand from the word of God. Not the kingdom that Jesus taught his disciples and us to pray for thy kingdom to come. But a kingdom that would be an Islamic kingdom, an Islamic republic in every nation of the world under the leadership of Allah, the God of Islam, who is, by the way, not the God of Christianity. There's no connection between Allah, the God of Islam, and God the Father, the God of Christianity. And I say that based upon the principle principles of God's word. First John chapter two says anyone who says that Jesus Christ is not the son of God come in the living flesh is an antichrist. And Allah says, and it's in all of the Islamic literature that Allah never had a son. And so indeed, Jesus Christ, the son of God is in the face of Allah. And so they're using Jesus Christ to come with the Islamic Messiah for the purpose of setting up their worldwide kingdom. Uh, We're starting to talk about this in Christian circles. I mentioned uh, radio and television, so-called Christian radio and television. Almost on every program, without exception, you hear somebody talking about the kingdom. We're living in a period of time of the kingdom now. Even in what we would consider very conservative theological circles, uh, there is a thing called progressive dispensationalism, which is moving towards a direction where we will come under Jesus Christ, who is now on his throne in the heavenlies, because the kingdom is now and yet to come. Have you ever heard that phrase? The kingdom is now in operation and yet will be set up. Let's see what the Word of God has to say about that. Thank you so very much for taking a moment to take a look at the book with me. Proclamation of the Kingdom is the announcement of a kingdom that will be established on this earth. I can see the Temple Mount from where I'm seated recording this intro and close to a listen to a podcast of a look at the book. The Word of God gives us the information that we need to have about every aspect of Bible prophecy. And of course, that is speaking about the kingdom to come as well. There's much confusion out there. You need to have your copy of this five-hour audio series entitled, Thy Kingdom Come. It's brand new. It's available for you. You can go to our website, prophecytoday.com, go to the shopping mall and make your purchase that way, or you can call our toll-free number. It's 877-674-3298. That's 877-674-3298. It's toll-free from across America. And tell them you want to purchase your copy of Thy Kingdom Come a five-hour audio series on CD about the coming kingdom that Jesus Christ will establish in the city of Jerusalem. Well, thank you so very much for joining us as we've taken a look at the book about thy kingdom to come. I've been giving this information to you from my spot where I'm perched here on the Mount of Olives overlooking the spot where the kingdom will be established. That's exciting. I'm excited about what's going to happen in the near future. And of course, you are too as we've studied together about the proclamation of the kingdom. You know, before the kingdom is ever set up, in fact, seven years before, Jesus shouts, the archangel shouts, trumpet God sounds, and we're caught up to be with him in the air. That's the rapture of the church, and that could happen at any moment. And having said that, nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until...